Welcome to the DB&J Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Turnbuckle Jim, and with me are... Hey, this is Donnie. Chair shot, Donnie. Fast count, Brian. How's it going? It's going good. It's going good, guys. All right, so uh, in this episode, we're going to review Raw from uh, Monday, uh, March 17, 2014. And I think if you had to skip one Raw between now and or between the last pay-per-view and WrestleMania, this was probably it for me. Um... Then we'll be going to WrestleMania 18, which is my pick for this uh, for our pay-per-view, our retrospective on WrestleManias. Um, so that's going to be pretty fun. And then finally, we're going to do our own draft of the all-time greatest to see uh, who we have our, our top five for our own wrestling company. So uh, let's get started. Um, and we're going to go by this, I think, pretty quickly. Uh, Rod, uh, what do you think of it, uh, Brian? Like, wait, overall, or just... Yeah, or, let's start with the beginning. Uh, it, it it seemed like it was just their their attempt to make people think, oh, Daniel Bryan's not going to win the match. Like, hey, like Triple H comes out, and he's like, oh. And, and I like that scene, because he basically tells, puts both of them in their place. He's like, you know what? If I, if I, if, when I beat Daniel Bryan, I'm going to take the title from both of you. So, like, it just seemed like he was like he's playing the character well like he's burnt out he's pissed off and now he's just like you know what forget you people i'm going to take the company where i want it to be so even though he's still not going to win the match i like what he did there yeah i think overall uh this was definitely triple h's night and he looked great in every segment he was in this was was excellent with him yeah telling off orton and, and bootista um, I think Batista had a couple good lines. The only person who looks terrible is Orton. Um, I think Orton just needs a good long break after this. Um, but overall, I think the segment was pretty good. Uh, next up was Real Americans versus the Usos. The Real Americans beating the Usos cleanly in a non-title uh, match. So I really don't have much to say about this match at all. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's fine. I was surprised that they let them they get, let them go over like that. Cause have they won a match since they won the belts? I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I think they beat uh, last week. Didn't they beat uh, Axel and Ryback? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Jobber said stars. Got it. Okay. So Donnie's been a little silent because uh, Donnie didn't see um, too much of Raw last night, but we'll pick that up as we move along. Now nah, the ice storm that slammed Raleigh uh, with a whole tenth of an inch was just enough to knock out power, so I saw the last 45 minutes. Uh, was that Raleigh, woo, North Carolina? Hey, feel free to add some perspective, though. It always helps. Yeah, did you guys say, so Triple H is putting him, possibly giving himself the same stipulation as Daniel Bryan, yeah, right? Yeah, the exact same stipulation. Yeah. Whoever wins their match goes into uh, uh, the main event, which I think is a cool stipulation because yeah. I would, even like Triple H versus those two buffoons is good. Um, right. Because, honestly, the idea of Batista versus Orton just sickens me. <laughs> Does anyone so, else have, like, Star Wars in their heads, like student versus the the teacher kind of thing? We'll get to that eventually. Uh, but, okay. yeah, there was a Star Wars moment, I think, in WrestleMania 18, which we'll, we'll get to. Uh, anyway, up uh, next, I think, was the St. Paddy's Day match, uh, Sheamus versus Titus O'Neil. Uh, and I was just distracted by Christian on the commentary. Uh, what did you think of it, uh, Brian? Yeah, same thing. I was a little disappointed that, I mean, it just seems like there's, they're going to throw everybody in a 30-man match, which it better be really entertaining because it, it's going to have to take up a good chunk of time if so many important people are in the match. Yeah, so many storylines, too. I think a lot of guys would probably be doing double duty that night, like the Royal Rumble. Um, did you notice that uh, Hornswoggle's back and looking really different? 
uh, could, couldn't he have just gone away? I mean, he was he did enough as what the anonymous GM and the last cruiserweight champion. Can, I mean, yeah. did you did you remember that? Like they were tired of the cruiserweight belt on Hornswoggle. Yeah. I just googled a picture of uh, Hornswoggle's new look, and he looks like Chumley from Pawn Stars. Just wanted to point that out. Right, well, thanks for that reference, Adam. Get Donnie, but uh, I gotta Google Chumley now from Pawn Stars. <laughs> All right, next up was a John segment uh, uh, where he replies to the Wyatt family. Um, I thought this was 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 uh, okay on both their parts. I did like uh, Wyatt had a great line about. Uh, John Cena's plastic girlfriend or plastic wife. I thought that was pretty awesome. Nice. Oh, wait, so they made up? Is that a spoiler for Total Diva Season 2? Uh, you know, I don't care. <laughs> Does anybody, you guys watch that show, honestly? Is that, like, actually on TV or is that an internet show? Total Divas is uh, totally on TV. So oh, wow, yeah. I did not I know mean, that. Yeah. yeah, just to try to keep things on the uh, up and up, I mean, uh, the fact that they're not naked, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I'm just being honest. Like, okay. like, let me just call it is what it is. It is what it is. But um, anyway, I thought that was a pretty decent segment. Uh, moving to our kind of halfway through main event, which is Daniel Bryan versus Randy Orton in a no DQ match. And like any other Daniel Bryan match, I thought this is pretty good. But again, it's just making Orton look weak when he gets uh, at the end of the match, uh, speared by Batista and then pinned by Bryan. So, what do you think about it, Bryan? I, I hope I'm wrong here, but I get the feeling that they're going to make, like, this This is pushing towards an Orton face turn to where it's sort of like he gets beat down so much he's got to prove himself, but not in a sucky way that bores the hell out of people. Yeah, he's like, just, Yeah, he's boring me right now, so. Yeah, I just get the feeling he's going to come back, like, as a good guy after this whole thing is over with. Yeah, well, I think, again, they just, just give him some time off. That guy's been working nonstop since SummerSlam, so. Anyway, moving on, next segment was Paul Heyman doing some kind of uh, video highlight of uh, Brock Lesnar destroying Undertaker, uh, just a hype-up video. Uh, I, I thought it was okay, but not really worth TV time. Is there... Okay, maybe, I don't know what you guys think about this. Definitely something Donnie can add to, but... All right. I get that they have these high-profile guys for these matches, but I'm tired of the talking. Like, like Cena with the Wyatts, why aren't they wrestling? Like, why isn't... Brock Lesnar there. Where's Undertaker? Like, somebody should be in a match just so you can see them on TV. I think in the case of Cena and knowing how stiff Bray Wyatt tends to be, I think they're trying to keep them apart because they don't want to take the risk of him hurting himself. And, and probably the same with Undertaker and Brock as well. Like, yeah. they've got so much tied up into that match that if one injury happens, like, it, it, it could wreck the whole show. So, I think that's what they're doing. Now, we pay the price as fans. We, it, it really kind of screws us because we're left with, well, this uh, for the, you know, until WrestleMania, and that, that kind of sucks. But I understand why they're doing it. I just, it's it's a drawback, though. Yeah. Uh, next up was a nice little segment between Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. Stephanie's mad that Triple H has put himself into the match and may win the championship and then be on the road all the time, like he's not already, um, and defending the belt. Uh, what do you think about it, Brian? Um, uh, yeah, the whole thing about being on the road seemed kind of flawed because you look at it right away. It's just a terrible excuse, but um, I don't know. Other than that, I just didn't really care. I mean, maybe Triple H is thinking, hey, Cena has, Cena's had the belt more than me. I can't let that happen. <laughs> maybe. 
Uh, next up was another throwaway match, uh, Fandango versus Goldust. Uh, I think Goldust got the win here, but really at this point, who cares? Um, I think the Fandango character is only there because of Summer Rae, and I think he can go and she could stay, to be honest with you guys. Yeah, I just, you know, the only person I feel bad for in this whole thing is Chris Jericho. Yeah, he, he <laughs> job to a freaking dancer. Do you think on the Raw right after WrestleMania that they're going to bring him out there and try to recreate the magic from last year? No. Okay. Wait, what magic? Like the light bright jacket or? No, uh, Fandango last year at the night after WrestleMania, how the crowd just basically took over the whole show singing Fandango's song the entire time. Yeah. I think they're kind of done pushing him now. Yeah, even the yeah. fans are done with them. is out. Yes. Yesing is in. Uh, moving on to, I thought it was an excellent segment. Uh, Kane calls out Jerry Lawler. He um, brings out the shield to beat up Lawler. Shield turns on Kane. I thought it was a nice little face turn. What would you think, Brian? I mean, it's going to happen eventually, but I mean, all this build-up, like, with the real Americans, or, <coughs> excuse me, hold on. Sorry, I had to cough. With, uh, with the shield, like, they're turning these, like, they're keeping these guys intact, but you're waiting for it, like, it to explode. And I'm, it's just each week goes by, I'm getting more and more curious when that's going to happen. Yeah, uh, at this point, I don't think they're actually going to be breaking up anytime soon, especially with them acting all solid like that. So, uh, I'll be but don't, but sorry, don't you think that that's like, like you know, deflating or like pushing back the Roman Reigns push that he got at the Rumble? Um, not necessarily. I think they they do a sh uh, Shield he uh, face push. They could probably make Roman Reigns like. Um, Still give them that push and still keep the shield together. So I think it'd be cool if they stick around. Roger. Uh, if anything, they have a good look just being together because they all kind of mesh. Uh, I mean, really, they if they broke up and keep the same look. It would be weird if they broke up and changed their look. That would be weird. Keeping them together just I think works all uh, the best for all of them. So why not? Okay, works for me. Yeah. Uh, next up is a diva segment. All I gotta say is AJ Lee wins a f needs a freaking win sometime because this is just pathetic. Are they she's the Randy Orton. Yeah, why not? She's the Randy Orton of the Divas division. <laughs> are, they, are they punishing her for her relationship with uh, Philip Brooks? Who? That's well, no Philip Brooks. Who? Well, you don't have to make fans Google that. No, no, like if you watched The Talking Dead on Sunday night, which was CM Punk's first uh, public appearance since leaving WWE, they uh, specifically kept referring to him as Phil Brooks. So I was just kind of giving a shout-out to The Talking Dead. Uh, but, yeah, I wonder if they're kind of punishing AJ for the indiscretions of CM Punk. Mm, eh, who knows to this point? CM Punk is a mystery. He's just going to show up at, like, WrestleMania and just, like, down somebody, and uh, we have no idea what happened that time. It seems, doubt, it seems doubtful, because if they were punishing her, wouldn't she have lost the belt to, I don't know, one of the Bella Twins, or who cares? One of the Funkodactyls? I don't know, at this point. Yeah. Uh, they really need to do some of the Divas Division, because that's gotten really stagnant. Uh, and maybe, like, a good TV show, but in terms of, like, what I'm wrestling, watching on wrestling, it's just, it's just crappy. Uh, next up, Mr. T gets inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame as a celebrity. Um, I thought it was pretty much uh, past due for him to, to get in the hall. Uh, what do you guys think? Uh, just an another another week and another year without Randy Savage. I mean, that's just another rant for another time. But, I mean, 
Okay, look at the other celebrities that are in there. Like, Mr. T had, like, probably the biggest impact. He was in the main event the first WrestleMania, and he fought Piper at WrestleMania 2, so. Yeah. So, as a celebrity who actually, like, wrestled, that's pretty good, I think. Who do you think inducts him? I mean, I think it's probably got to be Hogan, but... I think I Hogan's probably the obvious choice. Right. I, I know him and Piper have some bad blood, um, so that would be interesting to see. I don't know, maybe the rest of the A-team? <laughs> Face. Face, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so next up was the eight-man tag team match, which so everybody's on the same page. Um, so it was Big Show, Dolph Ziggler, Big E, Mark Henry... Uh, defeating Ryback, Curtis Axel, Alba Del Rio, and Damian Sandow. Uh, and I thought it was just, yeah, yeah pretty decent match for uh, for an eight-man. Uh, what would you think, uh, Donnie? I just thought there was a lot of dead weight in this match. <laughs> like, it was it was all right. I, I mean, I, I really like Alberto Del Rio and Damian Sandow right now, yeah. and I really like Dolph Ziggler. Um, Big E, it's kind of weird to see him not fighting either uh, Cesaro or Swagger. <laughs> like, it was kind of weird to see him not in the ring with one of those two. But I think he's pretty good. Um, Big Show's just, he, he's in a point in his career where he's just not very, uh, he, he's not mobile, even compared to himself. Uh, and uh, he just looks very tired in the ring. Um, and then Ryback has the charisma of a sock, so um, I, I'm like, I give this match like a C. It, it was nothing really memorable, but it had some decent stars, and you know, there's, I was just blocked to it. Yeah, right. I'm assuming everybody in this match is going to be part of the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Yeah, um, that's the whole point of the match, I think, just to build up. I just maybe it's just me, but I see so much more for Del Rio. Then these type matches, like I think he's good enough to have an individual feud right now with somebody, anybody, even the sock that uh, you know from Ryback, like anything, anything. But uh, quick question, guys, like and I was dying said about Big Show, would if he was gone like tomorrow, not like dead, but like gone from wrestling, would anybody <laughs> miss him whatsoever? Um, no. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't think so. Like he's. He's just that guy that you look like. He looks like he's been there too long, and just but he can't. He doesn't have anything else to do. Yeah, um, yeah. It would be. Um, it, we really be, wouldn't be missing him at all. Yeah. Every sixteen months, they throw him in the main event scene to put somebody else over, and then he goes back to obscurity again. It's really weird. Uh, you know, I don't dislike him as you know. Even on the mic, he's not that bad. But at the same time, it's just like, blah. I you know, it's it's not. This is not very entertaining anymore. Yeah, he's a 40-year-old guy who uh, who had his peak like 10 years, uh, not even 10 years ago, like 15 years ago. So it's quite sad. Tag team him up. I like. I've liked him in his tags, like Jericho, and uh, Showmiz. Showmiz. Yeah, I liked the tag team gimmick. Showguns. <laughs> uh, wow. All the other stuff he did. Um, oh, he was he was tag champ with Undertaker. Yeah, and Kane too. That's another story for another day. Yeah. Uh, so, moving towards the end, uh, we have Bray Wyatt versus uh, Kofi Kingston. Kofi Kingston? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Kofi. Kofi had coffee. Kofi had some coffee, and uh, he, that's why he just jobbed this match. Um, it, I thought it was kind of a throwaway match, putting Bray, Bray Wyatt over. Um, what did you think, Brian Donnie? Same thing. That's it. Oh. Just same thing. Well, I mean, I, I thought Kofi belonged in the eight-man match and not jobbing to Bray Wyatt, but yeah. that's, I guess, a different story. Well, I guess nobody else would really job to him, so 
yeah. um, out of all those four. Maybe Mark Henry, but he already kind of got jobbed out to Brock Lesnar. So, when you want somebody Cena like for him to wrestle, yeah, you know, somebody because you don't look at Kofi and like, hey, he's built like John Cena. Like, you, when you want fans to think, have be a little more believable instead of you know beating up a string bean like that. Yeah, but at this point, who are they gonna who who is Cena like that they can throw at them? Really, I mean, uh, Biggie. Biggie, yeah, but Biggie's already going to push his IC champion, so you can't really deflate it. So, yeah. Poor Kofi. Ah, well, maybe next time. Uh, so the final segment, which I thought was an excellent uh, segment, was uh, Daniel Bryan and uh, Triple H confronting each other. Uh, Triple H has uh, Bryan fake arrested. No, Stephanie has Daniel Bryan fake arrested. And then Triple H proceeds to beat him up for reals. Uh, what would you think about it, Donnie? I rarely do I actually laugh out loud at something that happens in wrestling. And when Triple H was like, "They're not even real cops," <laughs> I I lost it. I thought that was one of the best like one-liners in, in wrestling in a long time. Uh, Stephanie is on fire right now with with her promos and and you know I've heard that you know she's just channeling her emotions that she has towards CM Punk. I don't know if that's true, uh, but man, she's lightning behind the mic, and I'm into this feud. Like I am signed up, and I know. Around Royal Rumble time, I was mad about it, and I was like, I don't, you know, I want Brian to be in the main event picture. Now he is, and we're getting an awesome build-up to a Triple H-Daniel uh, Bryan match, which just looks really, really good. So I am pumped for this feud. I thought that was an awesome segment, and it really saved the whole night for me. Definitely. Uh, what did you think about that, uh, Brian? Yeah, I, I agree, but, I mean, it's more funny than, than, than that whole thing about the fake cops is, like, you know, I just, I just got a suspense of belief. You know, like when you go see a movie, you're like, this couldn't possibly happen. But so for an event that happened a week prior, instead of arresting him, let's say, uh, in the main event last week, you arrest him a week later. I mean, yeah. there's like just statute of limitations on stupidity. Um, <laughs> it, it, it kills me. But, I mean, to be honest, like, they had to do something because Daniel Bryan's been on such a roll that Triple H needed to put like his foot down and say, hey, I can kick his ass. Don't take me lightly. I, c- I will beat him at WrestleMania, that kind of thing. Yeah, well, I think it was definitely a well, um, well-needed well uh, segment there just to put Triple H over Daniel Bryan and uh, you know showing how vicious uh, Triple H really is. So uh, I think Triple H definitely was the star of the night there. And he's uh, jacked right now, too. Oh, he looked great. We took his shirt off. I was like, dang, I wish I had that body. Uh, on myself, not, uh, you know. <laughs> hey! Not that there's anything wrong with that. Nope, nothing wrong with that at all, especially heterosexual wrestling fans. All right. So, Is anyone else thinking Seinfeld right now? You just love Pup- it. Puppy shirts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, overall, I give Raw a C plus. I thought there was a, like a, about three good segments, and the rest of it was kind of meh. It wasn't terrible. Uh, Donnie? Um, I mean, I, I only have about 45 minutes to rate it on. So of what I saw, saw of what I saw, and what you guys are telling me, yeah, it sounds like about a C plus show, um, with the best part being the end. A hey, quick question: Does anybody actually go on the network and watch the backstage pass after the thing's over? No, you should go to. Yeah. Like I, I, I watched it last night, and it was like 15 minutes of nothing but Dan O'Brien, and if no one had watched the show. You'd be like, well, what happened with the rest of the two hours and forty-five minutes? Yeah, it was just. I give that an F. The show, I give it a, a, a C minus, and that's just because without Daniel Bryan, it'd be like an F, F minus, if that's even possible. <laughs> yeah, uh, I 
wouldn't say it would be like F minus, but it wasn't anything like really horrible. But it, yeah, there, there's really just almost straight like, water right now before WrestleMania. This close to WrestleMania, they should be hitting on like all cylinders every segment. It just doesn't feel like it. Yeah. Well, I think they probably much get there because they have like three in the, three more weeks before WrestleMania, so that's what two more Raws to to do. So I think that I'm hoping that next next uh, Raw they actually have more of a solidified. Uh, Hard up there, so. Yeah, they got to get a stare down again between Brock and Undertaker. Like they've got to get those two in the same place. Yeah. Um, but uh, but we'll see. All right. So moving on, we have uh, WrestleMania 18, uh, which was my pick for the WrestleManias that we review last week. Was WrestleMania 7. Thought it was uh, very okay. Um, so I'm just gonna go this by match by match. There's like 11 matches here, so we got to go through this not quite super fast, but I mean, there's a lot to cover, really. Um, what were your general impressions of it, Donnie? I love this WrestleMania. I think this WrestleMania is probably, definitely in my top half, probably in my top five. Like, it's, it's you know, it's pretty close. It might be like six or seven. Um, but there's some really good moments here. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of this one. Uh, Brian, what would you think? Oh. Uh, I I, en- I enjoyed it except for the the main event, but we'll get to that when we get okay. to it. Well, which yeah. is a match by match here. So we have the opening match. Uh, Rob Van Dam defeated William Regal. Uh, did he go by Stephen Regal in WCW? My completely yeah. insane here. Okay. Yeah. Lord, Lord Stephen Regal. Lord Stephen Regal. I just thought about it this week. I'm like, wait a second. He went by different names. I never paid attention to that. Um, I thought it was a pretty good opening match. Rob Van Dam winning the IC Championship. Um, definitely different styles, but they mesh really well. Uh, Brian, what were your thoughts about it? For all the uh, William Regal fans out there, I'm pretty positive this is his last WrestleMania match, and he didn't win any of them. Second year in a row, he led off in the IC title match. Again, didn't win either of them. But just like the year before with Jericho, you know, different styles, but and all in all, like it was a good match to lead off the show, and you know, even though he had the power of the punch, it didn't help him this time. Donnie? I... I love Stephen Regal or William Regal, and I uh, and I'm a mark for RVD as well. So I like this match. It, it was, you know, I hadn't really seen much of this WrestleMania before, or had been a long time since so I didn't remember a lot of it. So it was like watching it for the first time, um, and and I liked this match. It was it was short, um, but uh, I like both of these performers, and I thought they meshed well together. Definitely, yeah. I'd say it was a pretty pretty decent match overall. So uh, no, no problems. But they said maybe it was a little too shorter than it should have been. But that's a criticism for a lot of matches tonight. Uh, so next up we have Diamond Dallas Page. I totally forgot about this match. Uh, defeating Christian, uh, uh, retaining his European Championship. Uh, this was kind of surreal. I totally forgot about this match even happened. And uh, the fact that DDP was European Champion, I totally blocked that from my memory. Um, I thought this was a pretty good match. Um, again, both their styles are a little different. DDP's more of a brawler. Christian's more of a high flyer uh, at this point. But... Um, I thought it was really good, and also Christian's um, WrestleMania uh, debut as a singles wrestler. What do you think, Donnie? Yeah, I agree. I thought uh, you know Diamond Dallas Page was definitely at the twilight of his career, and Christian carried the match in that sense. Um, but the psychology used, I thought, was really good. Yeah. Um, you know, Christian. It was kind of weird to see him with long hair. I almost forgot. <laughs> so, um, and DDP with short hair. So go figure. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a great match, and I still mark for the Diamond Cutter. I, I don't think I, which is weird. I don't mark for the RKO, but when the Diamond Cutter, I just go crazy. So. DP knew how to 
Oh yeah, it was uh, it was great, and I missed the European Championship. As useless as it was, it, I you know it was just something else. It was like the TV Championship of its day. It was. It really was. Um, what you think about it, uh, Brian? You know, I was completely surprised that DDP won. But then, if you saw the promo where Christian said that he wasn't didn't want to be from Toronto anymore, he wanted to be from Tampa. Like, you kind of knew right away, like he he wasn't gonna win, but. The best thing about that time is, for me, is Christian's entrance. Like, I love that music of his. Like, like the whole thing. I just feel like they wasted an opportunity to give him a good push at that time. But, I mean, him losing the DDP didn't really hurt him any. No, definitely not. So, overall, I thought it was a pretty decent match. Uh, next up, um, and I want to talk about all the hardcore segments pretty much in one, one spot here. Uh, we have Maven versus the hardcore champion uh, versus Goldust. It was a no contest because... Spike Dudley ran in and stole the championship. Um, and then the, they proceeded a whole series of vignettes, vignettes uh, throughout the entire night uh, where somebody would ambush somebody else and uh, grab the hardcore title and then run off ultimately with um, Maven ambushing Christian uh, to win the belt back and steal his taxi with all of Christian's wrestling gear too probably in the back, in the, uh, the trunk there. Um, I thought as just like backstage humor, a lot of it was kind of funny. Um, but the best spot was Al Snow in the golf court uh, with Teddy Long running into the boxes. Holla holla. That was freaking awesome because he just, just completely out of nowhere just ran right into it, trying to hit somebody, and oh, it was great. Uh, Brian, what were your thoughts about it? I thought the, I thought the whole thing from beginning to end was fantastic, and a, a little shout-out for Maven, you know, being from Charlottesville, you know. But, uh... Yeah, think about that time, like, if anybody, like, you think about Maven, like, what, what does he do now? Anybody have any idea, like, where uh, are they now, segments? I can find out in, like, two seconds here on Wikipedia. I think uh, he got into but, drugs. Did he get into drugs? That's terrible. It's he's, conjecture he's, on my part, legally. No, 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 it's not conjecture. I heard that. Um, no, on April 2nd, 2012, Hawkman, uh, a.k.a. Maven, was arrested in Florida after police revealed that he was doctor shopping due to addiction to oxycodone and hydrocodone. Oh, wow. um, he was released on $2,000 bond and faced up to five years in prison and convicted of uh, doctor shopping uh, on April 11th. Hoffman was revealed he was seeking help for his addiction under with WWE's former talent rehabilitation program. Well, it's good for them to do that kind of thing for their uh, former employees. Uh, wow. In September 2013, Hoffman has been working as a bo- uh, bouncer in New York City. Wasn't he like a kindergarten teacher? Something <laughs> like that. You, think, you would think the dare dog would have come by every once in a while, right? Yeah, you would think so. Um, wow. But anyway... That was a lot. That was a lot about Maven. I did not know. Thank you. Yeah. Um. But in all seriousness, like the, the the hardcore thing, like it was good spots throughout the night. My favorite spot was when Molly Holly like tricked Hurricane and whacked him in the back of the head with the frying pan. Like. Pretty funny. Yeah. Like it, from beginning to end, I thought it was fantastic, and it just showed the, you know, ridiculousness of the hardcore title to begin with. Yeah. Well, it did become pretty ridiculous at that point. Like, once uh, Crash Holly became like, the 24-7 champion, it really was just used for backstage segments to, to for humor. Um, so, uh, interesting note, there has been 234 uh, hardcore championship reigns uh, and over 30 champions. So, uh, it definitely used as a joke belt that kept on switching back and forth between everybody. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Half of those reigns were during that hardcore match at WrestleMania <laughs> 16. Yeah, but... 16 and uh, and oh my goodness, yeah, it's just it's kind of painful to look at it actually. Anywho, Donnie, what'd you think? 
Yeah, I I was sitting here wondering. I was like, how long did they do that whole hardcore championship? Can be or you know can exchange hands any time? Because um, it seems like they did that for like a long, like several years almost. Um, I think it was almost uh, for about over a year though at that point. Because Crash Holly first won the belt in two thousand, so yeah, it was about two years they were doing that whole gimmick there. Okay. Yeah, I I you know I like it. Um, it kind of. I was sitting here thinking, watching it like. Who today would I like to see have that hardcore championship and, you know, do these rules? Because I think it's it's a lot of fun. It's a good way to use, like, people that are lower than mid-card talent. Like, your, your curtain jerkers. It gives them something to do. And I wouldn't hate that because it's funny and it's entertaining and you never know what to expect. So I missed it. I like these segments. Yeah. Well, overall, 29, 229 reigns but 52 wrestlers. So It's time for 230. Give it to, da- <laughs> to Damon Sandow. <laughs> you know, he could use it, so uh, why not? Anyway, moving on, uh, Kurt Angle took on Kane, to be, uh, beating him. Uh, I thought it was a pretty pretty awesome match between the two of them. I kind of forgot how awesome Kurt Angle was in the ring. Uh, Donnie, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I echo the same sentiment. Like, Kurt Angle was amazing, uh, and he worked well with Kane. Uh, this was when Kane was a little bit younger and a little bit more spry, um, and uh, I really liked the match. I really did, and... Um, you know, it wasn't too long. I, I didn't get bored throughout the entire thing, and uh, good finish. So, um, yeah, I, I really, really like this match. About 10 minutes, 45 seconds. Uh, Brian, what do you think? I'm honestly completely opposite. I felt like, I mean, no, no knock against Kane, but, I mean, Kurt Angle, I mean, I feel like they could have done so much more with him. Like, he was a champion, but like, in these, a lot of his WrestleManias, he didn't have main event-type matches. Like, I thought his match with Kane was sort of like, here, just have somebody... Just, just go with it. Yeah. The, match, the match itself was good. I mean, Kurt Angle was the man, and I forgot what he looked like when he had hair, to be honest. But, um, yeah. And, by the way, that's like one of the last times you hear his music without a You Suck chant. So that's interesting, by the way. Yeah. yeah I think the You Sucks were automatically in my mind any time I hear his music. Uh-huh. It's part of it now. Uh, so next up we have The Undertaker uh, taking on Ric Flair uh, in a no-holds-barred match. Uh, I thought this was a pretty damn cool match. We had the Biker Taker um, coming out, and uh, it was really, I mean, I remember this being pretty, uh, pretty vicious feud between him and Ric Flair, Ric Flair being half the owner of uh, WWF at the time. So uh, what would you think about it, uh, Brian? Uh, I, mean, I don't know how much more I could say that I, because I already put it in my top five from last week, but I just think in the context of the card, like, it was, it was the perfect match. Like, yeah. it was like Flair... Even, like, what, north of 50, you know, took it to Booger Red, as JR kept saying, mm-hmm. which we never really got an explanation for that. That's one of those wrestling mysteries right there. Um, you know, maybe he had a bloody nose and he had a booger problem at the point. Um, but the match itself, like I said, was entertaining from beginning to end. There was huge pops from when, when Flair got into it, when Arn Anderson showed up, but yeah. there, there was snow taken down Undertaker. It's also uh, Ric Flair's first, uh, second WrestleMania returning after 10 years from WrestleMania 8. Uh, Donnie, what you think? Wow, yeah, I uh, I definitely marked for uh, for Arn Anderson coming out. Uh, you know, that spine buster is a thing of beauty, and I, I think that's almost, as far as I know, that's like the last time we ever saw him do that. Um, this was, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, pretty much, I think that was, that was the last time. 
Yeah, I I thought uh, I thought this was an outstanding match, and it just it brings me back to the early days of Ric Flair and Undertaker when they were feuding with Hogan in the early '90s, and you know thinking of them then and how they morphed into what they were for this WrestleMania. It was a, it was an excellent match, and and I think it's probably my pick for wrestling wise match of the night. Like it, it was awesome. Yeah, I think it was pretty good. It's probably my second pair of match of the night. Um, so overall, I think it was. Yeah, definitely A plus uh, all of fame match right there. Uh, next up, we have uh, you'll probably like this, uh, Brian Edge defeating Booker T uh, in a singles match. Uh, um, I thought this was was a pretty good match for the both of them. Again, it was too short for, for two guys who probably could have gone five times, five times, five times the length that they gave them. Uh, but what they gave them, I think, was pretty pretty good. Uh, we'll start with you, Brian, because you're such a Booker T fan. Yeah, yeah, about that guy. You know, did, did you know he was in jail? I don't know if they ever mentioned that enough, but no, really. Uh, yeah, yeah. Booker T. Yeah, I actually mentioned the Triple H robbery, the next mania, but um, the thing about it, it's it's just ridiculous. From if if we had like a top ten or top five of you know stupid gimmicks for a WrestleMania match, a Japanese uh, shampoo commercial, that's right up there. So they had a match over a shampoo commercial, and if you saw the match at the beginning, they, 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 a guy had a sign. He held it up and said, "They're wrestling over. No, they're fighting over shampoo." <laughs> like that in itself just was ridiculous. Um, as much of a fan of Booker T as I was, um, I mean, it was good that Edge got that push, like that singles push, because he started wrestling bigger guys like Booker T, Kurt Angle, you know, those kind of guys, but. Like, the fact that his finishing move was the execution, just, that was lame. Totally lame. The educator, like, like he was a good wrestler, but his moves, the names sucked out loud. <laughs> uh, Donnie, what'd you think about it? Yeah, the, the pun moves, uh, I didn't... Oh, God, the pun moves. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah, however, I did laugh when Edge attempted the, the spin-a-rooney himself. That was pretty good. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay. Uh, I, I like both of these guys. It just seems like the match never really got a chance to get off the ground. Maybe with more time or with more on the line. Uh, but uh, it, it was a decent match. It was, you know, I, I didn't hate it, uh, but it just seems like these two could have done a lot more. Yeah, I uh, think they, they, they could have taken this match off the card and I would have no problems with that. No offense, Brian. Hey, hey, you know what they could have done? Made a shampoo on a pole match. Ooh, that would be much better. <laughs> well, maybe next year WrestleMania. So next up we have uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin defeating the NWO's Scott Hall uh, in a singles match. At this point, these guys are almost done with their careers. Uh, Stone Cold looked okay. Uh, Scott Hall just looks sad. Um, and I think the, I remember the main storyline was that the NWO was coming back and they're picking on the big names like Stone, Steve Austin and The Rock and... Uh, Bring them down, and the NWO they, they tried to, to continue this the whole thing till about uh, remember in the summer I think they had that infamous uh, plane flight back from Europe, and everybody just got in trouble, and they fired Scott Hall and Kevin Nash never went anywhere after that. Uh, what do you think about the match, Donnie? Um, yeah, actually, this match has my favorite uh, selling of the Stone Cold Stunner of all time. When Scott Hall takes that last Stone Cold Stunner and then like pops right into the air, it seems like he goes like eight feet in the air, the opposite direction. Like, it's so comical but hilarious. Like, I, I love it every time. Um, and uh, so, so that alone 
made me like this match. Uh, I miss Stone Cold. <laughs> like I just I feel like we got cheated of of a couple more good years from him, but that's that's neither here nor there. It was obvious Scott Hall was strung out at this time, and uh, kudos to him for putting his life back together. Um, now, uh, back then, eh, yeah, this match was it. It was Steve Austin, so it automatically at least gets a B, uh, but uh, not much more than that. The match that should have never happened, because if if memory serves me right, Austin was supposed to fight Hogan, but they had some kind of I don't know, money issue or backstage issue. And let's be honest, would Austin and Hogan have been bigger than Rock and Hogan? Yes. See, I think I, I thought so, because and we'll get into it later when we come up to Rock and Hogan. But the match itself, you could have taken this off the card, and I wouldn't have cared, because there's no way. That Scott Hall, even with Nash out there, was going to beat Austin. Like, there's just no way. Like, so, like, you know, despite what Hall did, what, there was no chance he was going to win. So I just was, like, you know, breezing through the match, waiting for it to be over. Yeah. yeah I'm just going to wish that uh, Kevin Nash fought uh, Steve Austin instead. I think that would be better because Kevin Nash has been champion. Stone Cold has been champion. Scott Hall never got to that level. So, yeah, he's always been upper mid card at best. It is a rare day when anybody wants to see Kevin Nash fight over any. <laughs> so, <laughs> so kudos yeah. to you, James. Yeah. Think about it. Nash's health had to be that bad that a strung out Hall would give Austin a better match. Ooh, yeah, that's pretty sad. Uh, anyway, moving on, uh, we have our throw everybody in a tag team match, uh, which is Billy and Chuck, uh, the APA, Dudley Boys, and the Hardy Boys uh, take uh, all going. At it for the belts um, with Billy and the Chuck. I forgot these guys were champion again. I probably blocked it from my mind. It's just so. Uh, uh, I forget the state of those guys. Just it, the gimmick. It's just so it, offensive. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it was gay, but there was something wrong with it in this case. Yeah, like they they made the whole gay thing very creepy almost. <laughs> Uh, but overall, I thought it was an interesting match. I mean, uh, I love uh, three out of four of these tag teams. I thought they were definitely classics. Um, you kind of wish that they would just wrestle and just take out Billy and Chuck, do their own thing somewhere else. Um, so I thought it was good, but uh, the ending was kind of crappy. And um, you know, got to see Stacy Keebler's ass. That was always good. Hey now, uh, Brian, your thoughts? You know, I remember you guys talking about WrestleMania 7 and how it was like the end of the Rockers and the Hart Foundation, but you look at that match, they split the Hardys up in the draft, they split the Dudleys up in the draft, they split the APA up in the draft, and all they kept was Billy and Chuck just so they'd fight Rico and Charlie Haas. I don't know. I don't know if he was around then or not, but no, Rico and Rikishi, another pointless tag team trivia knowledge there. But, um, yeah, honestly, I don't know what Vince saw in the gimmick, like, hey, let's make these guys, like, let's make them act gay, not be gay until they do the fake marriage, which they said wasn't real, but, um, the match itself, uh, just, I was disappointed because, I mean, knowing that they were breaking up all the tag teams, you understood why Billy and Chuck won, but they shouldn't have been there in the first place, just a horrible gimmick to begin with. Yeah. Johnny? Yeah, um, the Four Corners Elimination match, I, I found myself wishing that this whole thing was a TLC match instead. Um, but uh, Devon went through a table brutally. <laughs> uh, I, I liked the match for what it was, and, and uh, you know, it was it was shorter than I thought it was going to be, but that doesn't necessarily, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, 
Billy and Chuck were kind of afterthoughts. I thought uh, the APA, Dudley Boys, and Hardy, those those were like legends of that day. Uh, and uh, I really liked the match. I thought it was good. And um, it was, uh, it should have had something better than Four Corners Elimination. I just don't like that gimmick. Otherwise, I thought it was good. Okay, well, uh, moving on to the next match, which I thought was kind of the main event of the night myself. Uh, Icon versus Icon, The Rock. Uh Returning Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Um, Hogan returns to WrestleMania uh, for the first time in nine years, um, and also the first time not involved in the main events, uh, which was kind of odd in my well, not really odd, but you know, it's, it just seemed kind of surreal in my opinion. Uh, and you're talking about Star Wars Evil uh, earlier with like you know the uh, the Master versus the Apprentice. I thought this match felt like Luke Skywalker versus Darth Vader. Um, because we have The Rock, who still sees the good in Hollywood Hulk Hogan, the fans who still see the good in Hollywood Hulk Hogan, and at the end of the match, when The Rock defeats Hogan, um, out come the NWO, and Hulk Hogan and The Rock team up against them, like the uh, Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker against the Emperor, uh, and turning Hulk Hogan uh, face again. I thought it was all excellent stuff. Um, what you think about it, Donnie? The crowd in this is probably... My favorite crowd in wrestling history. Uh, it made this match so much bigger and better than it really was. I mean, it was a pretty bad match physically. That's that's why I said earlier that my favorite match wrestling-wise of the card was Undertaker and Ric Flair. My favorite match match was this one. That scene where they're looking at each other and then they turn their heads opposite ways and look at the crowd. Uh, I mean, that's that is to me, as big as Hogan and Andre staring down. Like, that is such a huge, iconic moment in wrestling. Uh, it, this match just gives, it, it, it makes the hair on my arm stand up. Like, it, it, it's that good and it's that special to me. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, that's, that's the best really way I can describe it is it, it might not have been a technical classic, but it still gets an A-plus to me because that was a beautiful, beautiful storytelling story, story, whatever. <laughs> Talking hard, Donnie. But yeah, the crowd was just like super like pro Hogan, and they they were into the whole time, and um, gotta love them, I guess. Uh, what do you think, Brian? Gotta give credit to Hogan on this one, you know, because you know for a guy that was almost fifty, that they threw him in there with the Rock, like he knows how to, he always knows how to entertain the fans in, what, like, in whatever aspect that he can, and that's how this match was. But I couldn't help but think that. Like, do you guys think they had, like improvised the NWO coming down there on the fly based on the like, crowd reaction, or do they have that plan? Because you, you can't you can't project that the fans were going to cheer for Hogan like they did, could you? I think they they probably had that in, in, in mind, uh, especially after the NWO came back and Hogan was like so cheered by the fans um, that they uh, I don't think it was like something they originally planned for, but that's the way they changed it uh, before WrestleMania. So the fans are killing me about that, by the way, too, because like. Like, do they have selective memory and forgot that he was in WCW for, like, seven or eight years? I mean, like, oh, my God. But, no. Yeah, but then he wasn't in the red and yellow. Not the point, not the point. The match itself, I I thought was good. I honestly think that, you know, Hogan, for all his, for all his uh, you know, thing about what he did in WCW, he did the right thing here. The Rock should have gone over, despite the fact that the whole wrestling's past versus wrestling future gimmick was terrible because at the time they were both wrestling's past say what you will the rock what did he do after that 
go go do a movies. Yeah, he made a whole bunch of movies and came back like ten years later to fight Cena. So they were both wrestling's past, in my opinion. Um, match itself was fantastic. The crowd itself was great. Um, but and another thing I, I thought when I watched it, I couldn't help but think that um, Bret Hart should have taken notes from Hogan because Hogan was okay with losing in Canada. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so we have a, uh, a Divas match after this, which is kind of a really good pacing because it was a good like buffer between the two matches, give everybody a chance to use the bathroom, catch a break, get another beer, get some popcorn because, uh, well, anyway, the match was Jazz defeating Trish Stratus and Lita. I thought it was uh, was okay. Definitely not the best effort of any of those ladies, except maybe Jazz. I don't remember her at all. Um, Brian, any thoughts before we move on? Um, just surprised that she won, but that's it. Donnie? <laughs> yeah, um, Trish Stratus, Lita, Stacy Keebler earlier in the cars, car, card. This was the good old days. It was, um, we had some great ladies back then. Uh, yeah, they were just very, very gorgeous. Um, I didn't really even care about the match. I got up through most of it and went and did other things. Uh, but, you know, it, it was uh, it was good to see some old familiar faces from my youth. Yep. Yeah, I definitely attracted a woman who can uh, work around me through a table. So, uh, uh, something to be said about that. Anyway, so, uh, our next match is the main event. Triple H versus Chris Jericho for the undisputed WWF Championship. Uh, I like to point out this is the last time that they're wrestling for one single belt or belts uh, in one match up until this year's WrestleMania. So it's been 12 years since we had split titles. Uh, hard to believe it's been that long. This is also the last time that the, this is a WWF uh, WrestleMania as it becomes WWE uh, later that year. Uh, so kind of like an end of the era, really, uh, especially for, for me. Um, Triple H ended up de- defeating Chris Jericho um, despite the interference of his wife for Chris Jericho, Stephanie McMahon. Um, I thought this was uh, a good match, um, but not a great match. Uh, my biggest problem is Triple H, outside of DX, is not a good face. Uh, Brian, let's start with you. Yeah, um, and this is the thing, like, when I read Jericho's book, and I completely agree with what he said in there, this match should have been on before Rock and Hogan, because the crowd was dead. Yeah. Completely dead for that match, because they were just tired, they were drained, and they didn't care because the way they built up Jericho for this feud, the fact that you know he was picking up Stephanie Man's dog crap, you know, for Christ's sake, like there's no way anyone thought a returning Triple H was going to lose, the, like at all. So I mean, to me, the, ma- the main event was predictable. The match was okay, but the crowd was dead, so it brought the overall match down for me. Yeah, it was. I think this will go down in WrestleMania history as one of the most forgettable main events. Uh, not on the level of like Lawrence Taylor Bam Bam bad, but still just kind of forgettable. Like when it came on, I was like, "Oh yeah, this match was on the card." Okay, uh, and, and to be honest with you, I had forgot who won. Uh, so it was like watching it for the first time again. Uh, and uh, you know, it was. I I don't hate Triple H as a face. Um, you know, I actually kind of like him as a tweener more than I do full heel or full face. Um, but uh, I, uh, it was it was decent. You know, Chris Jericho did his best. Uh, but I do agree, though, that the crowd just being out of gas kind of killed the heat on this match. Yeah. This WrestleMania was, al- was uh, almost four hours long and uh, had a lot of, I thought, like unnecessary stuff. Like they had saliva playing. 
Yeah. For part of it, I actually just skipped over the beginning of it because I'm like, this has nothing to do with wrestling. Um, very much um, overproduced. Um, it, it just went forever. It's like almost like Wrestle Marathon at that point. Um, did anybody watch it all the way through, like, you know, all four hours or so? No, I, I, I've done that so many times back in the day that I, you know, you just go off of memory for this thing. <laughs> like, two quick things about this, though. Like, um, did anybody think, it's just my own opinion, but Stephanie McMahon did not look that bad back then. Yeah, she just, looked great back then, by the way. Yeah, just my own opinion. And, your own opinion, buddy. Yeah, so, and, uh, and with the Triple H thing, again, I guess no topic for another time, but I, I thought he was absolutely horrible as a face because when was he ever good where he didn't have support like Evolution, DX, like, uh, you know, the, like any sort of faction or group. Like, when he was on his own, he just looked weak to me. I don't know. Yeah, this is the whole, like, Triple H. Like, I, I remember him coming back from, like, probably one of the most horrific injuries I've ever seen in wrestling uh, with his quad muscle just bursting in the middle of the ring. Uh, that was just gross. But, yeah, I think that, um, yeah, he was just really kind of boring as a, as a face without having, like, you know, DX around him or, or Evolution or any other people to, to hang out with. So, yeah. Um, Good match, but again, not great. Uh, so overall, I give, I give this uh, WrestleMania probably uh, a solid A. Um, I, I thought it was was pretty. There's a lot of good stuff, some okay stuff, and one or two bad things. But overall, very good. Uh, Brian, what'd you grade it? Yeah, in honor of Daniel Bryan, I'll give it a, a B plus. Uh, yeah, I, it gets an A for me as well. I I thought there was some really great iconic WrestleMania moments, and I can't. I'm trying to think if there was a a match that I absolutely hated, that really didn't happen. Uh, so, and there's something to be said for that, because that's hard to pull off with as many matches. Was there like 10, 11, ma 11 matches? Yeah, it's hard to pull off 11 and not have one other than the Divas match, I, whatever. Uh, and I was indifferent to that. I didn't hate it or love it. Uh, so, yeah, I thought, I thought that's a hard thing to do. They pulled it off, and I found myself entertained. Yeah, well, I think uh, at yeah. this point it definitely shows that since they had so much talent from both ECW, WCW, and WWF, they could do whatever they wanted to, and I thought they pretty much used it all. And it was time for the brand split, too, at this point. Oh, yeah, it definitely was. It was just it was such a huge roster, and then, yeah, it was hard to keep track of everything. All right, you guys convinced me. I'll make it an A. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, I got the, I, yes, I yes, got, yes, I, actually, I, I got the match, uh, Triple H Jericho match, playing right now. And it's hilarious, because like you, like you see Triple H trying to put Stephanie in the uh, pedigree, and she's struggling. I'm like... She's down there, and she's struggling. Come on. But anyways, anyways, so, yeah, a, solid A. Solid A. All right, well, that concludes uh, WrestleMania 18. Uh, next week we're doing, uh, I believe it's Donnie's Choice, WrestleMania 25. Yes. Um, so looking forward to seeing that. Um, you, you know what's crazy about it? See, I had WrestleMania 7. You had WrestleMania 18. You had them together. Yeah, WrestleMania 25. Oh, wow. I didn't even do that on purpose. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, that is. Okay, well, our final segment tonight is uh, we decided to do a top five list of what, um, well, Donnie, you explain it to us because it's your idea. Sure. The idea that I had was that all three of us are tasked with starting a wrestling company, and we can pick uh, five people from history uh, to found that company. Uh, Brian brought up a really cool audible um, to, uh, to say, you know, let's... Uh, Instead of everybody picking the same five, which could have happened, or, or have a lot of similar people, uh, let's do a draft instead. Yep. 
great idea, great great idea that came came to be. So that's what we're going to do. Uh, start off with the first pick, and then we'll go one, two, three, and then three, two, one, one, two, three, sort of like a snake draft. Um, I will keep uh, tabs on everybody's five when we get to it, and then we'll discuss and uh, then wrap things up from there. Okay. All right, sounds good. Uh, so this is your list. Do you want to go first? Uh, sure. Yeah, I will. Uh, at, at the number one spot, I am going to take. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Did you need a dramatic drum roll or anything? Or? Oh, yeah, we can do that. I'll say it. Well, I already said it. <laughs> I, I kind of ran over you, so my bad. Uh, no, that's fine. With the number one spot, I took Stone Cold Steve Austin. Wow. That's a good choice. Surprise. Uh, Surprise. Get a few good years before being injured and then uh, <laughs> doing like, some reality show for a while. Yeah, this is all people at the, the height of their careers, by the way. Oh, yeah, I understand. That's, that's pretty much what we're going for. It's like these people like their Brian, I believe you're number two. Yeah, real quick, avoid drafting Owen Hart, and you'll have Stone Cold for like 15 years. <laughs> um, see, I, I kind of like these drafts, but I wanted to do it like a basketball team. So, I, I want like I want my point guard, like my first guy, to be like the distributor, a guy I can, you know, set the tone. I can get a match with anybody. So I went with Ric Flair. Ooh. Right off the bat. Nice, nice. Okay. Well, I, I kind of want the same. Uh, thought I have thought about a guy who has been solid for as long as he's been with you know wrestling. Uh, give me plenty of length to go with and a great gimmick, great look. I'm going to go with the Undertaker. Wow. Oh. Yeah. That's right. Yes, that's actually that's a really good pick right there because he, he and he was on my radar. He almost went first yeah. um, because it's so important to have a dominant big man and he is that. He is a good. I mean, he's good at everything. So he that's really a, that's, that's uh, a great pick. Granted, I probably have to give him a manager for a few years just so, uh, you know, to talk for him. But, uh, yeah, he's he's been phenomenal. He's been around since 91, and he's just been gold ever since. Uh, number two, because he has not been taken, he was not on my list because I expect him to be gone so soon. So I'm going to go with Shawn Michaels. Dang, you starting out with Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. That is a, that's a strong nucleus. Uh, first match will be Hell in a Cell. Wow. Yeah. Way to go. So so now I can't retire Ric Flair anymore. Jeez. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I guess it, it makes my decision a little easier, but I'll, I'll go it with uh, with Bret Hart. Very nice. So, yeah, Ric Flair and Bret Hart is a nucleus. I think you're, you've got a stable pretty much built on technical wrestling with a, you know, with a, <laughs> excuse the pun, with a flair involved. Uh, Woo! Yeah, yeah, I think that would be pretty cool. Well, my uh, second round pick um, is going to be Macho Man Randy Savage. Nice. Uh, I think between him and Austin, that kind of gives a little bit of an edge to the entertainment, um, but at the same time, some pretty quality matches, uh, and that's kind of what I what I'd like to do. Hey, question with that: Are you going? What, what, does it matter which Savage? Because I thought his NWO Savage was really good. Actually, I preferred uh, I preferred uh, Macho Man WWF. Uh, time frame. Now, Macho Madness wasn't too bad, but he was just too roided up. I liked him more as like a lighter, faster version. Yeah, the, the Macho Man before he won the uh, the title was, was fantastic, like seeing his early matches, so good choice. And for the third round, my first pick of the third round is going to be Kurt Angle. <laughs> 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 suck. Yeah, I've, I've, I took Kurt Angle because he is—he can be funny, he can be evil, he can be 
uh, a great face, and he's an awesome wrestler. So I, I just think that he's one of those people that he would fit in, I think, with Austin and Savage and be able to have a great match with either. And that's what I'm really looking for is like a cohesiveness. Yeah, I'll, and this is going to be a surprise, but and this may bite me in the ass, but like, so I got my two technical guys, but I need a guy that you know the kids will like, the kids can relate to, sells merchandise like Mofo, upset special. I'm thinking John Cena. Oh, oh I did not see that one coming. <laughs> I need him. Like as much as I don't like him, like the kids love him. They, like, they really do. I, and and if you know Flair's out getting drunk and Bret Hart's crying over something, I need I need somebody to do a Make a Wish thing like for me. So. John Cena's my guy. I'm taking Cena. Uh, I think Cena would definitely be your, uh, you're definitely your company man. He'll do whatever you ask him to do. So good choice, good choice. And Bret Hart, John Cena would be a great match. It would be great. Well, I'm kind of going with the same vein as that. Like the, he will sell a ton of merchandise. He'll be awesome on the mic. He'll command the show. I'm gonna go with The Rock. Oh. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That, and that's a good pick. And I like that pick. Number one, because it was going to be mine next time. Um, <laughs> number two, um, that's, I, I mean, you've got a really strong, James is like the, the, the super, like, the headliner league right now. Because, um, I mean, The Rock is, is amazing, and I, I could imagine The Rock and HBK. Did they ever wrestle? Um, uh, nothing that they remember, like, a big match at. Um, right. Because, uh, HBK came back, like, right as The Rock was leaving, so they never really crossed over at all. Um, that would great. And, uh, and Triple H, or not Triple H, but HBK, like, was kind of like off and on anyway by the time Rock came around. So okay. they had a classic moment together, if you remember, um, like the first ever SmackDown where Rock was fighting Triple H for the title, and HBK gave him sweet chin music. It's a little bit of a obscure reference, but like they had some interactions in the ring. Yeah, they never wrestled. Interesting. Huh. Okay, well then, my uh, my number four point choice is going to be uh, uh, awesome wrestler, awesome on the mic, a little bit funny, but definitely a showman. Um, he hasn't had the belt as much as the other guys have, but uh, also an excellent singer, too. i got to go with Chris Jericho. Nice. Oh my Very God. good pick. I thought you were going to say Jeff Jarrett, and I was like, come on, don't Something tells me that Jeff Jarrett is not actually going to uh, show up on any of these lists tonight, but don't be surprised if he tries to make his own list and become the fourth one on this because uh, he likes just creating his own company for the heck of it. Okay. Um, and and for the fear of everyone stealing them, no, I'm kidding. Um, my next one, it has to be Edge. It has to be. Like, I have to have that guy. You know, and I've already got my rivalry set. I got Hart and, you know, Flair. I got Cena and Edge. Like, memorable matches for both those things all, all time. So I got to go with Edge. Nice. Very cool. Um my number four pick is going to be, I, I've got Austin, I've got Savage, I've got Angle, I need a monster. I'm going to go with Brock Lesnar. Nice. Um, I, and it's weird to me. Uh, this was actually going to be my Undertaker spot. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but once, I was, once Undertaker was gone, the next guy on my big man depth chart was Brock. And, and that's because I, a big man is important not only to be, you know, like uh, intimidating like Andre was, but also to be able to put on a really good match. That's why I picked Lesnar. And I guess, yeah, and then now this is my last pick, right? <laughs> yeah, number five. Uh, the last person that I'm going to put on my list is uh, somebody who's just going to be the, the, uh, the sunbeam 
baby face, the, the, the best one I could think of uh, to go along with all these guys, uh, and that is going to be Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Um, I, I, I liked him in the ring. I thought he was, I don't know that he ever had a bad match with anybody. Uh, when I was a kid, I adored him. Uh, he lost a lot, but with the guys that I have picked, uh, I, I think he put on a really good match. I think his styles mesh well, and, uh, and there's, it's always good. Everybody else I have could be a heel. Uh, he's the only one that could be a constant face, and, and I think that's a good thing to have on a company. Man. And number five pick for Brian. If you want me to go through your, your roster so far to lead up to your last one. Oh, I'm, uh, well, let's just say it for the end. This, this, this is so <laughs> agonizing because I have like three people that I want to take, but I can't. And I mean five, which is the spirit squad, but I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, the one thing that I don't have is, is a big guy. And I'm actually, I'm actually okay with that. So um, my last dude is uh, Jake Snake Roberts. Nice. Huh. I, I needed a guy that's, like, solid in the ring, solid on the mic, you know, just bone-chilling interviews, you know. I, I I like Jake, so I'm taking Jake. Yeah, one of the best on the mic of all time, in my opinion. Like, he's he his promos, in, a, in an age where everybody would shout and scream, his, like, subdued... Uh, it's very... Uh, Bray Wyatt kind of takes a little bit from Jake Roberts, and uh, I, I really like it. It's that's a good pick. Well, all right. Well, I guess it's my chance to pick Mr. Uh, irrelevant, uh, irrelevant here. Um, anybody in wrestling that can choose at this point. So, uh, mm-hmm. oh man, this is tough. Daniel Bryan. That that is that's points. Uh, well, Donnie, what what, what guys uh, did, did you have in your top twenty that did not make it? Uh, so far, that have not made it. Uh, are Kane, uh, for the big guys that were on my depth chart, are Kane, Vader, and Andre. Uh, another one that's on my depth chart here is Sting, uh, and I've also got Ravishing Rick Rude, Arn Anderson, uh, and Mr. Perfect. I wanted Rick Rude so bad, and Andre, and CM Punk. I forgot CM Punk. You know, I forgot CM Punk, too. He's on my list. Oh, oh, there he is. Uh, All right, so we've got our, uh, you know... Donnie Wrestling Federation, Brian Championship Wrestling, and Extreme Championship James. Um, <laughs> Anybody want to make, tra- make trades at this point? I think Anybody? I'm good. I'm good with. My, I'm, I'm really good with my roster too. You, you, did, you did pick Punk, right? Oh uh, crap! He just left on me. <laughs> I was about to say, I, uh, I, I will, I will trade you John Cena for Punk. Ooh, uh, he was on my list actually. Uh, but you know what? I'm keeping Punk. I'm gonna keep Punk because the Rock can definitely sell the more the more merchandise there. Awesome. Very well. It's Not Fruity Pebbles it. though. No, but I think I got some other stuff we can sell. Very well. Yeah, ice cream bars. KY oh, jelly. <laughs> uh, okay, well, going back through our uh, our our feds uh, that we've got here, we've got James's top five uh, for for his uh, federation. He's gonna have. Uh, the Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, The Rock, Chris Jericho, and CM Punk. I think that's a solid nucleus, and I think, I think they'd have a very solid nucleus. All those guys, multiple champions. I think Chris Jericho won the belt more than once, so we're good there. Yep. Um, and uh, pretty decent on the mic. Uh, I think I'll probably have The Rock main the company as my champion. Uh, probably have The Undertaker uh, challenge him as a big scary guy. Um, but any of these guys can do heel, face, um, and just do it spectacularly. Um, and I think overall, like CM Punk will probably be my rising star, and this, there's going to be a ton of great matches between everybody. So, no problems at all with my roster. 
Awesome. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a strong roster. Brian, your uh, your roster is looking like uh, you've got Ric Flair, Brett the Hitman Hart, John Cena, Edge, and Jake the Snake Roberts. Yeah, uh, I really want to go with more of a technical thing, but I don't know. I I, I forgot about Punk completely because you know he erased himself from memory. But uh, I mean, overall, I, I think it, I think the stuff would work out pretty well. I mean, you got three guys from the old WWF type days that probably pretty much wrestle each other, but I mean, a John Cena Jake Roberts feud wouldn't be so bad, you know. Like Bret Hart against Edge, if you know that both are healthy, would be fantastic. So I'm good with that. Yeah, I really like those combinations of of, of wrestlers. Uh, did Ric Flair and Jake Roberts ever? Because those two names are jumping out at me, and, and that seems like a match that I think would be really really good. I don't think they were they, no, they were both heels at the time, so that didn't really happen. Right. Yeah, their paths never crossed. That's a shame, man. That would have been great. Uh, okay, and then my uh, my five, uh, I've got uh, Steve Austin, Macho Man Randy Savage, Kurt Angle, Brock Lesnar, and Ricky Steamboat. Uh, I'd probably put the belt on, um, probably, actually, I'd put it on the Ricky Steamboat, actually, at first. Uh, and kind of make him the face in peril uh, against all these guys because you've got a lot of monsters, you've got a lot of loose cannons, uh, and uh, and I th- just think that would be kind of funny to to watch all those guys chase him and see who's going to get the belt. Uh, I may even put a tag team together of like Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar as like the wrestling tag team. <laughs> but but yeah, I I I like my list. If I had to rank these. Um, I would actually put James's Federation first. I think he's got the most star power and 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 ability is really good. Um, I like the uh, the ring chemistry that Brian has uh, and the the mic work. I think would be strongest on Brian's because Ric Flair, Jake Roberts, Edge, who's very underrated on the mic, and Bret Hart that's underrated on the mic as well. And yeah, Cena, yeah. you don't like Zon Cena on the mic. Oh no! I was gonna say he is good on the mic. Oh yeah, yeah. So I, I think his would be very, very entertaining. Uh, and then mine, I'm, I'm happy with. I'm, I'm kind of kicking myself. I might future endeavor Ricky Steamboat and throw in <laughs> Rick Rude. Uh, but, but either way, I'm, I'm happy with how it turned out. I think it'd be good. Really, any of these are, are excellent. And as a top five, I think it was a, a little bit different, uh, but a pretty cool exercise. It didn't take too long to get through either. So I'm, I'm pretty with how it turned this out. Is Tag teams, Ooh. or top five wrestlers you wouldn't want to start a federation with. <laughs> oh, God. That's go go negative on it. I like that. Yeah, let's just totally do that. Uh, anyway, so uh, L- 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 L.A. Gore, let's go. No, I'm saying. No, I, 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 forgive me. I didn't get. You. I, I forgot. I missed out on saying who I would put the belt on. Oh yes, yes. Uh, and honestly, I, I would put it on Cena, just because I'd want Edge to take it from him again. Awesome. And, in a motorcycle helmet? Uh, that or a, with the Money in the Bank briefcase or, you know, RVD kit, you know, five-star Frog Splash and Cena. Like, you name it, just anything. Nice. Uh, all right, well, it's uh, my turn to pick next, I believe. Uh, yes. What top five lists we're doing. So uh, our top five uh, heel and or face turns of all time. Wow, Okay. Yeah, that's uh, there's a there's a lot that immediately come to mind, and some that that are going to take a little. Uh, that's yeah, going to be a little, little thinking, guys, a little thinking. But yeah, there's a few that, that definitely easily come to mind. So uh, food for thought for uh, for next week. Is it just wrestlers, or can it be um, authority figures as well? Uh, it can be anybody. 
Uh, okay. As long as it happens on wrestling TV, that's that's all that matters. Okay. So uh, LeBron James is out, um, <laughs> as well as uh, multiple other people too, like Darth Vader, for example, doesn't count. And can you use the same wrestler twice? So if you were to yeah. say, okay, okay. You know, just different moments. So if you want to use like Shawn Michaels from one thing he did to Shawn Michaels another thing he did, that's perfectly fine. Hulk All Hogan? five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, every, anytime you want to, yeah, you can, anybody. Okay. The, the Austin heel turn, how about that one? Oh, God. Let's not remember that one, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, well, uh, this has been a fun uh, podcast. Uh, definitely enjoyed it. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I think this was a good one, and uh, came a little shade under our normal time, and uh, at the same time, it felt like we covered a lot of ground, so that's great, guys. Yeah, indeed. All right, well, for the DB&J Wrestling Podcast, this is Turnbuckle Jim. Chair Shot Donnie. Hey, subscribe, tell your friends, and uh, we'll see you next week. Hey, uh, Fast Count Brian, and since I got a quick second, uh, go Wolfpack tonight. Yes, and, yeah, and, six minutes. And, yeah, and let's, uh, let's go UVA. Let's see what happens in this tournament. We'll see you guys uh, next week. Yep. <laughs> With our brackets busted. All right, see you guys later. All right, see you.